For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hay Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and in studio now and hopefully for the foreseeable future, Grant Mona, how are we doing? We are awesome, but obviously not as awesome as Arash, as I'd like to congratulate him on getting engaged uh, this past yeah. weekend. So, yay! Congratulations, The real Arash. question is, how are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, listen, uh, that's the reason I wasn't on the show Friday, proposed uh, on Thursday. Kind of took Friday to soak in that experience. It was amazing. We did it in Las Vegas, and uh, we're back home, obviously, now in Los Angeles. So, it feels good. Again, you guys have uh, met her, so now it's officially official. We, we, we really, over the past two years, didn't do anything on social. She's very private, but I, I think she realizes in this uh, new role of hers as uh, <laughs> my fiance and future wife that, listen, listen, I'm going to post our pictures from time to time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They're beautiful pictures, beautiful ring. You did a good job, Arash. Yeah. yeah. Really good job. It's a great day. <laughs> Love to be here. Let's let's talk some some sports. Let's get it's gonna through be fun. It, man. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, with that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with twelve million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, there's been talk about the Jazz being interested in the Lakers. 2027 and 2029 draft picks and could help facilitate a Russell Westbrook trade. God help us all. The trade trade could also send Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. What are your thoughts on this, guys? And do you expect the Lakers to roll with the Pacers deal if the Pacers accept? Listen, the Lakers have to do something. When we saw that Pat Bev deal, it was very clear, and I would be shocked if this is not the case. That was the first trade to happen of a couple of more. I mean, there's no way Russell Westbrook was going to come back. That was prior to the Pat Bev deal. Now that the Pat Bev deal has happened, uh, I, I just can't foresee them being with the same team on the same roster. Hopefully, and listen, at the end of the day, and I told you guys this from the very beginning, Rob Palenka will give up more than he wants to, will give up more than he should. But listen, that means that they will get this deal done, that that means that they'll have to part with 
you know two first round picks and and i i know that that's not uh, what fans want but listen if, if they can put themselves in a position to have a championship contending team they have to do this deal i think it's whether the pacers will do it or not yeah. um i know they wouldn't do it for one pick but i know miles turner's an unrestricted free agent next year and they don't see healed in the long-term plans but again these picks are in 27 and 29 so i mean i know indiana is not as interested as if it was like a 25 26 pick or whatnot and obviously they'd buy out Russell Westbrook in that deal. Look, it's going to be the Lakers have already offered this deal. There's there's no question about it. It's whether the Pacers are going to accept this deal or not. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the Lakers have to add Kendrick Nunn in the deal. I don't know. It's one of those things like the Pacers are rebuilding, so maybe they get it done. I know another option, Danny Ainge is really interested in 29 and 27 first-round picks. So maybe the Lakers are involved in a Donovan Mitchell trade where he'd go to New York. Obviously not L.A. They don't have nearly enough pieces for that. Um, and then Bogdanovich would go to L.A. or something like that. Or Jordan Clarkson. You know, So that's obviously a possibility as well. I think that's the Lakers' backup plan right now. I would stay far away from the Eric Gordon stuff. And this is why. Like Eric Gordon doesn't play defense. Like he's a great shooter, good alongside LeBron, but he's old and he doesn't play defense. So it's not what I would want. Yeah, I, I just think that they have to give up the two picks now. Um, and I, I've, I've always been under the impression that they should have given the two picks for Kyrie, too. And, then, you know, a lot of people were saying no. But um, I think right now you, you kind of got to go all in to, to get somebody back for Russell Westbrook. And I think that the, the 27 and 29, yeah, they, it, it's pretty far away. But, you know, if you're the Pacers, you're trying to stack as much as you can. You know, they're, they're in a rebuild. They got Halliburton. They got kind of a core, but they, they need somebody else. To, you know, obviously, they're going to get rid of Westbrook. They're going to buy him out. But I think the 27 29, would be good for them and obviously it'd be great for the Lakers to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Miles Turner's expiring. You pair him with AD. That's a pretty good formidable top two up there in the front in the front court. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that Buddy Heald is a great player to put around LeBron as well. You give him a shooter and they, they were going to go after Buddy Heald last year before they traded for Russell Westbrook too. So, um, you know, he's been on the radar and I think that would make them a pretty good contender. But um, yeah, sending him to the Pacers, you know, sending those two picks I think is ideal right now. Now we know that something is is in the works, but and you and I discussed this briefly last night, Arash, is what is the holdup? Because it, how I perceived it to be is like, okay, Pat Bev trade happens and you have another one lined up right away. The fact that it's been like almost probably a week now and nothing has happened could mean nothing at all. Could mean nothing. But it also is a little bit like Brandon just mentioned this. Indiana has had the offer on the table. So if the offer is on the table, why hasn't it been accepted? Mark Stein reported yesterday he was speculating on who would be involved in it. But the names Bogdanovich and um, Evan Fournier got mentioned as potential trade candidates for the Lakers. Now, for me, and I know that this is something that Brandon is very much adamant about, I know I think we all are. The Lakers' defense is the main priority. So, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis gives you probably the best rim protection in the entire NBA. And you have Pat Bev for perimeter defense. You have Austin Reeves, who's a very underrated perimeter defender. Kendrick Nunn, in theory. Lonnie Walker, in theory. Juan Toscano Anderson's going to surprise a lot of people with his perimeter defense. But, like, does... Bogdanovich and Fournier give you what you need to win a championship and that's the question is do you give up two first round picks to be again five, a five seed like what is that team it's just, I think it's like 
the, what are the other options, honestly? Because you could keep Westbrook and go that route and wait till the trade deadline, see how it works out, see how he works in Darvin Ham's new system. Or you can just say, hey, we're going to do whatever we can with Westbrook and kind of get something out of it. I think that's what they're kind of looking at it right now. Like, you know what I mean? Just we got to give up something to get better because all these teams, even the Pelicans got reloaded. All these teams in the West are really reloaded. So. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm also concerned when I hear a name like Evan Fournier, you, you <laughs> ask Knicks fans what they think about Fournier, and I like his game, but he's also three more years, $18 million a year, $19 million a year. The cap is going up. You can justify it. It's not like the worst thing ever if you're the Lakers, but yeah. it's also like you talk about the flexibility that they're creating you with can't, the Davis the thing and is, LeBron the thing is, contracts. I mean, we were, talking to, we were talking to Farbod about this yesterday. Shout out Farbod, winner, legend himself. But um, <laughs> I know Grant knows that. But I just look, I don't know why you would keep Westbrook on the team. Like, what, to get Kyrie next summer? Even if you make the heel trade and you want Kyrie next summer, you can then trade heel to get him off the books and then sign Kyrie. That won't be hard to do considering Heald's a very good player. You know what I'm saying? I know he's a bit overpaid at like 20 a year, but this is still a knockdown shooter. And if you attach like a Kendrick Nunn in the offseason, let's say they re-sign Kendrick Nunn or someone like that, another asset, man, like you can get him off the books and sign Kyrie Irving. So I think you've got to make this move. I think Rob is trying to make this move. It's just the Pacers are kind of like, well, can we get a better deal for Heald and Turner? Do we want to get rid of Turner? I haven't really Heald? heard any other deals for for those two guys. Other than the I, I know the Jazz. Really I know the Jazz yeah, know would that. 100% trade Bogdanovich in this. Like 100%. I think that deal, it's the backup plan for the Lakers. And I don't hate it. I just don't see. I think if you want to compete with like the Clippers, is, the Nuggets, and the and the Warriors, you kind of have to do the Heald-Turner right. trade. Because exactly. Bogdanovich, LeBron, and AD is not in Bev. is not going to get it done. You, the, you guys don't think that there's a world, and I apologize to everybody that's listening to this horrible voice of mine right now. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys don't think that there's a world where you know they keep Westbrook at all in this, where they where they keep Pat Bev and Westbrook because they've had players before on that same bench and on that in that same locker room where they do not get along, and they've had had to squash their beef for the greater quote unquote greater good and just move on from this. I think it would be still, in my opinion, very unlikely just because of the amount of hatred that they have had for such a long time. And yes, they can talk about squashing beef, but you're also playing Russian roulette with your team's chemistry at that point. And if you're the Lakers, I don't think you want to do that considering Rob Palenka's job is on the line this year. If he goes into the season and Westbrook and Beverly are on the same team and it blows up in his face, mm. what's going to happen to Palenka? He's probably going to lose his job. Whether that's yeah. fair or not, it's probably the reality of it. Whereas if you get rid of Westbrook, you buy yourself a little bit more time, a little bit more of a safety net. Yeah. 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 Ahead, no, 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 no. I, I agree. I think at some point... Westbrook will be off the team. You cannot go out there. Arash has stressed this. Beverly and Westbrook, you are just asking for a catastrophe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's my thing, though, is that, like, you could try for a trade. You could try to get him off. I just don't see a scenario where you... Where where it's going to happen. Like, I I think the the impression is no teams really want Russell Westbrook. I think they're just taking him to buy him out and then just move forward with the rebuild. So it's kind of just like we're doing the Lakers a favor, but it's it's honestly like... They're buying the picks. They're not buying anything else. They're not buying buying Westbrook. So I don't don't even know where Westbrook goes if if he is bought out. Do you guys have any ideas? I I can't even think. Yeah, I mean... 
Don't you think if he changed teams, new scenario? I mean, what is I mean, like people are shaking their whole <laughs> studio right now? Yeah. No, and and I was listening to actually the Ringers podcast about this exact topic, and the issue is if you send Westbrook to a really bad team, he gets them to be good enough where they can't be in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes and stuff like that. So why would a bad team want him? And then if he goes to a middling team, okay, but. He's probably going to have to transition his career and accept a new role as an off-the-bench six-man type of defensive, maybe lead your bench in scoring type of thing. And again, we saw this with a guy like Carmelo Anthony. At the beginning of his transition into the bench role, what happened? Carmelo didn't want to do it. He was like, I'm, I, I don't want to. And it cost him. He, he was out of the league for a second. And then eventually he was like, all right, I'll do this. But I don't think Westbrook is quite ready yet. And the stuff with his agent, when his agent was trying to be like, hey, by the way, I don't think you're going to get a contract. And they parted ways. And it was very like kind of out of the blue. Um, I think that that's all indicating that Russ is not yet ready to face the reality of it, which is if you want to be a part of a winning team, you have to you have change the role and you yeah. have to buy in. I think that's the whole thing that Darvin Ham was talking about too. He's like sacrifice, buying in. That's like that he wanted to make that a point. But he said that in the beginning of the year that he thinks that things can tr- like that the team will make a change and that Westbrook will make that change and he's willing to make that change in the very beginning when he first got the job. He's like, I see a, a good future, a bright future with this team with Westbrook at you know, still being on that, I, yeah, on the I, roster. I see that as like, yes, a valid point, but it's also like you kind of have to say that because he's still on the roster. Like, he's not going to say, "Yeah, we're going to get rid of him. We're going <laughs> to shoot it, him off." It reminds me of um, Dave Roberts with Craig Kimbrell, the yeah. way that he yeah. was talking about Craig okay. Kimbrell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm just sitting here hoping that, like, because this guy's a player and he's not, you know. He's he's been through what West, what Westbrook's been through, right? He's gone through what these guys have gone through, and I think that was like the only saving grace for me when the Lakers hired him because he's been through the trenches with these guys, and that's something that is a lot easier to relate to once you are a player um, who has a coach like that. So it makes life a little easier, and then you are willing to maybe buy in a little bit more. Maybe Westbrook is. Trying to turn the court. I don't know. But I mean, I, I think I still the ham hiring is big, but I think it's more the uh, teammates, and I think right. there's that trust with these guys don't want me here, and I don't want to be here, and right. so that's the issue there. I mean, I, I do think ham helps, but to what extent does he help the relationship that is? I mean, it's severely fractured at this point, and I don't think that the Pat Bev deal really shows that they don't want him and like that that's a lebron deal too lebron was like i want this guy that means you don't want russell westbrook <laughs> yeah and we we didn't really discuss the fact that okay this laker team trades away Taylor horton tucker and stanley johnson my whole question is again when it comes to playoff basketball the current roster right now if you if you match the lakers and the clippers up the clippers have obviously paul george and Kawhi leonard pat bev will guard one of the two who on this Lakers team is guarding the other one? LeBron's not going to want to do that for 40 minutes in a playoff game. He's too important to the offense. Which guy on this Lakers roster? Reeves. Yeah, but okay. can he guard Kawhi, though? <laughs> Reeves, no, Reeves, he's, he's a bit sides. small. Yeah. Uh, like Monty Walker. No, Lonnie Walker's like 6'4". JTA? I think JTA. it's going to be Toscano yeah, Anderson. It's got to be. It's got to be. I love that signing, by the way. Everyone hates on it. Like, oh, he's 29. Like, screw that guy. But, like, it's like... 
Dude, he's a great defender. That's important. Like, Brown. to win a championship, you need a top 11 defense. They're going to have that, especially if they get Westbrook off the team. Agreed. I think he is going to be the guy that if they want to reach stopper. anything, yeah, he's got to be And he keeps improving, stopper. right? We look at him in the past two years. He keeps improving. Yeah. Well, speaking of improving, the Angels finished off a three-game sweep of the Blue Jays. Congratulations, oh. guys. Um, that included two shutouts. In fact, the Angels have pitched a shutdown in 16 of their 55 wins this season, meaning 29% of the Angels' wins have come um, have had to come from shutting out the other team. Guys, do they need to focus on continuing to improve their pitching this offseason or sign a couple of good hitters? The, this Angels team has uh, been averaging uh, 0.228 ranks, 28th in the MLB. This is such a Brandon Deutsch uh, question. He's really the only one who cares at this point. So the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, this is an offense that ranked one for the first month of this season, or two, right? So, like, now they're 28.228 average. What's crazy to me, what's mind-boggling, is 29% of their wins have come on shutouts. That's crazy. They actually have a top five team ERA since July 24th so their pitching's been pretty good their hitting coach needs to go I'm sorry I don't care who you are you can't have five guys in the lineup adding 190 or less I wouldn't say go get a Dansby Swanson in the offseason I would say go get a Carlos Rodon bolster the staff that always works bolster the staff you saw what the Mets did they bolstered the staff they're legit the Braves now they're the team that like brings up their guys they got offense but I think if you get a healthy Trout and Otani and you get a healthy Rendon as bad as he's been that's enough, and Walsh will have a bounce back season. Like you don't need to prioritize offense. You bring up Neto next year, you bring up Ohop next year, yes. and you're chilling. Like Rengifo's been a monster. Guys hitting 330 since June. So I don't think offense will be the problem. I think they do need a new hitting coach, but pitching, you need to give Rodon a blank check. Whoever the new owner is, give him a blank check. I don't care. Go and get pitching. Yeah, I did. well, here's the thing, too. People are talking about Phil Nevin surpassed Joe Madden's win total today, but Joe Madden was 27 and 29, and Phil Nevin is now 28 and 44. So people are happy about the one more win. But um, yeah, no, I, the Angels, I think you have to prioritize, prioritize the pitching staff. I mean, they, they drafted pitchers for a reason, right? I mean, they drafted all these guys. They, every one of their draft picks in 2020 was a pitcher. So you kind of got to go in there and say, look, our offense, we're banking on them being healthy, we're banking on them coming back and being great. Jared Walsh had a down year this year. He was great last year. Mike Trout's always good. Shohei Otani's going into a contract year, so you know you got to understand that he's probably going to go off again too on the hitting side. He's been great as a pitcher. Um, so put somebody together with Otani. You got and in the back of that bullpen, they just drafted Ben Joyce. He's going to probably going to be one of their relievers coming yeah, into the year. season next yeah. year. Um, so you got and their pitching has been pretty decent, you know, as it is with the bullpen. You know, maybe they, they go get Joey Gallo. <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. I'm not uh, kidding. I, I'm still in on Joey Gallo. Oh, I am too. I mean, I mean you can been, sign him for cheap too. As long as he gets to grow his beard, I think you have a chance. But um, you know, with the Angels, you got to get pitching. You got to prioritize it. But is Artie Moreno going to spend that money to do? Oh, he's going to sell the team before then, probably. Before then, before the I season, hope so. so. Jeez, I mean, he better look at the pitchers. Like speaking of pitching, uh, on the free agent market, Jacob Degrom, but he'll probably resign with the Mets. Aaron Nola probably going to re- you know club option with the Phillies. Rodon, he's going to opt out. That's number one, right? Then you got Sean Manea. I know he's had a bad year. I kind of like him. Like, if you put him on the Angels, they need some lefties. Andrew Heaney, Tyler Anderson are free agents. I'm assuming the Dodgers will re-sign both of those guys. You never know. Kyle Gibson's another guy. Maybe. 
right? I mean, there's tons of guys. Jamison Tyone has had a great year. Corey Kluber, I know, will be 37, but he's going to be a free agent. The Rays aren't going to pay him. Matthew Boyd. I mean, there's just a ton of pitching here. If you look at the offense, they could go and pay Carlos Correa, but to me, it wouldn't make sense. I think Carlos Correa has been a shell of himself. I don't think he's ever lived up to the A-Rod type of comparison, so I wouldn't go after him. Trey Turner, they're not going to have the money to do that. Turner's going to the Dodgers or the Phillies, probably, maybe the Yankees. And then, look, Nolan Arenado is going to re-sign. And I just, there's a ton of good free agents here. I would stay away from Dansby Swanson. Maybe, maybe uh, Jose Iglesias you get for like $5 million at shortstop until Neto can come up. I don't know. There's an options, though. They have options. Artie just needs to sell the team. That's the number one problem. Well, speaking of options, Mookie Betts hit um, yet another home run, 31 on the year now, and the Dodgers destroyed the Marlins 8-1 to to get their 88th win. Um, will the Dodgers, guys, win 110 games, and how are they looking going into September with only like a couple minutes left? That was the best bet I, I made prior to the season. I forgot the win total, but it was fewer than 100. And I said, listen, I mean, I know that's a lot of wins, but the Dodgers are going to win that great. The big question that we've been t- talking about this entire season, is this the best team? I think it's the best team since 2017. I do think they hit 110 wins. Yeah, I, they might even go past that. I mean, it, the route that they're on, the only reason in 2017 that they didn't get to that mark is because they had a 10-game losing streak yeah. in September. They were kind of off and on. And here's another thing that, why they may not. Maybe they're going to rest their guys. They're going to have guys in and out. They want to be fully healthy going into the playoffs. So that's probably the only reason why I, they wouldn't win 110 games. But Freddie Freeman himself said, hey, I'm if I'm healthy, I'm going to be in that lineup because yeah. he wants to be in there all the time. So, um, yeah, they, they're definitely probably going to get there. But I, I'd see them slowing down a little bit, maybe going into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, Betts is just clutch. That's their guy. He's the most important player. I know we talked about this. I said it was Freeman. No, it's Mookie Betts. He's our most important player going down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's so much fun to watch them play and do what they do best. And I and listen, my thing is don't don't sit your guys for a month. Like, you know, sit them for like the last week or so. But like, that's what I hate when, when, when teams sit players for a month. I mean, we get a long way to go. And they love playing this game. And that's so much fun to watch the uh, joy that, 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 that they have and the connection Freeman and Betts have. It's been fun to watch. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll, is this true? Will we be joined by our good friend Jake Dicker? Will be joining us? That is right. Oh, next, uh, next segment. Our guy, Jake Dicker, when we come back right now on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Welcome back to the Rashmore Cosby Show on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is. He was in studio. Now he's our Wisconsin correspondent jake dicker jake how are you doing my friend i'm doing well guys it's, it's weird to be on the other, the other <laughs> side of this thing but but it's uh it's good to be back uh talking with you guys how are you guys doing good? we are great awesome. great yeah i actually wanted to know how's school going man how's wisconsin on wisconsin uh, it's good it's yeah it's good the weather's been a little a bit a little weird uh classes don't start for about uh another week so just been kind of getting back and getting situated but it's, uh, it's been good so we have to start here uh jake a lot of talk about what will the lakers do that the thought process here is that pat bev deal was the first d- domino of a couple your thoughts first on that deal because we talked about it when you were here i do think pat bev changes the culture of the team somewhat your thoughts on that deal yeah i totally agree definitely changes the culture um i know we talked about it forever that their roster uh, before the move, uh, and even now, is not going to be their final roster. I believe there's definitely something else coming. Um, but I, I like the move. I think it gets them, uh, you know, moves the needle a little bit. I think there's got to be a second move coming, hopefully, if, um, in Indiana, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner deal. I think if you can run, you know, Pat Ben, Buddy Heald, Braun, AD, and Miles Turner out there, you've got a shot. Um, so I think, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, and hopefully there's more to come. Jake, it's great to hear your voice, first of all. Second of all, that is my mentality as well. When it comes to the Pat Bev trade, it has to be a precursor to something else. What do you think is the holdup? Because we know that the Lakers offer to Indiana specifically. We, we've been known we've known about it for, I would say, a few weeks to even maybe months now, depending on if they were waiting for Kyrie or not. What do you think is the holdup with that trade? I just don't think the Lakers have any sort of leverage, right? I think everyone in the league knows the Lakers are trying to move Westbrook and trying to do whatever they can um, to get closer towards championship contention. So they're going to, you know, whether it's Indiana or another team, they're going to they're gonna take however long they can and try and, um, you know, suck out however many picks or whatever, you know, other pieces they want. And, you know, I don't think anyone's really rushing to help the Lakers, um, so it's kind of just a standoff, kind of like what we saw the KD thing where someone's got a buzz. Um, I think it's happening here too. Um, so I think it could it could end up being a, a thing where it's before training camp at the last second. It could be a thing where we see it. Um, like Patrick Beverly deal, I kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so it could end up being something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's just a matter of whether Indiana is going to budge first or the Lakers are going to you know throw in something else they're looking for. Yeah, Jake, I wanted to ask, because I don't know if you've been... I know you follow the Dodgers, but the Angels just swept the Blue Jays, which was kind of surprising. They played the best baseball they have all season. Did you see anything from that series that you think they can take into next season with possibly a new owner? I mean, Mike Trout's back and taking the crap out of the ball. Uh, so that definitely helps. But I mean, the Angels, it's not like... We saw at the beginning of the year that this team has... Everything just went wrong, you know? Trout gets hurt, his back was down. I mean, Otani's playing. Otani, I can't put into words how absurd what Shohei Otani is doing. Like, 
he is his his down year is, is what people are calling it is is an MVP type year. If Aaron Judge wasn't doing it, I think Otani would be you know be unanimous MVP. Um, but you know the Angels. I, I don't know exactly if I did anything I saw in this series that they can build off of, but they're just back to playing better baseball, which is which is definitely a positive. Yeah, Jake, it's good to hear from you. Staying on the baseball topic, um, I want to go to Trace Thompson on the Dodgers because I have some stats here that I want to share with you. Since June 20th, he's hitting 304 with a 387 on base percentage, and he has the 14th best OPS in baseball this year with a minimum of 150 plate appearances. How amazing has this – well, not just him, Joey Gallo as well. Cody Bellinger has shown that he has that power still in him. I know his average is still down there. But Trace Thompson, what do you think about him being inserted in this lineup? And now it looks like he's playing over Cody Bellinger righty on righty. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd what Trace Thompson's been able to do and that he's been able to you know sustain this for the last month plus. Um, but I, I, he should, he, he's got to be a starter against righty, especially in the playoffs. And righty, um, I know you just gave me his numbers. I was looking at them yesterday after after the Marlins game when he homered. Um, I think against righties, his OPS is above 1,100 and hitting like 310 or something against righties. His number against lefties is significantly worse, um, which is kind of weird because they brought him over as a platoon guy and he's turned into this reverse split guy. Um, but yeah, he, he is a surefire starter um, in the playoffs against righties. Um, even even I would, I would pencil him in over, over uh, Cody Bellinger for sure. It's just it's absurd that we got this guy for, for cash considerations from... Yep. I think Detroit, right? Because he yeah. was with San Diego mm-hmm. and then Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Um, he just continued to hammer the ball against right-handed pitching. Um, and even Gallo. Gallo is showing signs that he's kind of figuring himself out again, too. Love what he's been able to do on the you know, the defensive side also. His arm has always been plus. He's always had a plus club. Um, and it's good to see you know him out there. With him and Bellinger and Mookie out there, um, defensively, it's got to be a top three defensive outfield in the league. Jake, we, we kind of buried the lead here between between the two of us. Uh, Mitch Trubisky fans, I actually don't want to put words in your mouth, but the Pittsburgh Steelers might be the last team that is undecided on their quarterback going into the season, and Trubisky made a great case for himself yesterday against the Detroit Lions. How do you think that that quarterback situation is going to play out? And if, let's say, Trubisky is the starter, how do you think that that team is going to fare this season? Yeah, I mean, we, we had conversations, I think, off air a couple times about how has Tom, has Tom had ever had a losing season? I think that was what we were talking about. I don't think he had. Yeah, um, it's been a while. Whether whether it's Trubisky or whether it's Kenny it's Pickett, I think, I think I don't think the Steelers are going to have that bad of a year. I think, you know, I think Najee Harris is going to be a top three running back in the for sure. Um, in terms of fantasy, I think there's a very, very good chance he finishes the RB1 or the RB2. Um, but, you know, the Steelers have this culture about them where it just feels like it's always a tough game um whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Pickett I think Pickett is the answer long term for sure I think you know they drafted him in the first round um I think I love what he did at Pittsburgh um but Trubisky is I think I, Trubisky's had a bad rap for a couple of years I think he's always been in bad situations and I think you know he made a very good case for himself this offseason I think he will go into week one as the starter um and then they'll kind of have to toe the line of if he, if you know, if he's playing well, he'll definitely he'll stay in there. If he's not doing exactly what they want and they're not winning games, I think there's no reason not to give Pickett a shot. Uh, but I think those will open the year for Bisky uh, running the running the first team offense. 
One more question for you, Jake. In terms of the preseason, now that it's all but over with, who are you expecting to break out out of the players that you saw strictly from preseason play? Is there a guy or maybe multiple that stood out to you? Ooh. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch a of preseason football, um, but I did see a lot of clips of George Pickens pushing cornerbacks off the line. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, a big year out of him. It going to depend on who the quarterback is. Um, but just, you know, guys who I think could have big years, I'm really big on I'm 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 really big on Jacksonville. So so I like I like Travis Etienne to have a good year. I think Christian Kirk in that offense, um, as the number one receiver there is really really interesting. Um, kind of a change of scenery for him uh, with the second year of Trevor Lawrence. I think that'll be that'll be a really, really fun fun team to watch. Um and then I don't know if necessarily the breakout guy considering he was you know, he's a top top running back in the league. But I really I'm really looking forward to watching DeAndre Swift this year. Um Seeing what they can do in Detroit, they went three thirteen and one last year. I think that's all them in for probably six or seven wins this year. Um, I think they're going to take a, a step forward. Not not do anything crazy in terms of their win total, but definitely win a few more games than they did last year. So you know, just those are kind of my three guys that I'm, I'm looking at to kind of take the next step. Um, Etn, DeAndre Swift, and uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, I also think like fantasy wise, Etn. Like I know he's going sometimes in round three. But this guy's the next fantasy superstar, in my opinion. I completely agree. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big year. That's a late-round QB to keep an eye on. Jake, I wanted to ask you, though, about the Niners. They played a really bad game against the Texans. And in their defense, they're not going to run any plays in preseason. Trey Lance isn't going to run. And their O-line looked terrible. What are your thoughts here going into the season? Do you still think the Niners can be the 10-12 to 12 win team that many people think? And can Lance be lead this team to the promised land? Yeah, I think I think the Niners are I think the Niners would be pretty good. I think it sucks that they're going to end up having to release uh, Jimmy G and get nothing back. That's kind of just a tough situation that we put in. But in terms of on the field production, you know, they're the, I think they're, they're the second best team in the NFC West. They're better than the Cardinals. They're better than the Seahawks. They're definitely better than the Seahawks. That's not a question. Um, I'm not exactly sure what their schedule looks like, but if they can, if Trey Lance can, can come out of the gate and not necessarily have those like rookie type struggles, I know it's his second year. Um, but kind of come out of the gate, having relationships with his receivers, getting on the same page, um, not having to go through those growing pains in the least one through four. Um, I think that they're going to be, I think that they're going to win 10 to 12 games. I think that's right where you said the Jimmy Ward injury. I know we talked about it uh, with Duarte on the show um, the other day. I think it was Friday. Definitely hurts that defense. He is the catalyst of that defense. He is kind of the engine that makes that thing go. But they have, they got, they got a lot on that end. Um, I'm, you know, Devo, Devo's not, I don't think he's going to have the same type of year that he had last year. I think it's incredibly hard to replicate that kind of production, especially after the league kind of starts to adjust and figure that out and find ways um, to stop that. Um, but I think they have, they have plenty. Elijah Mitchell, I think it's going to have a huge year. Uh, Trey Lance, I'm very high on. I think them kind of getting a more dynamic quarterback in the Shanahan's offense is going to be huge, um, but definitely. 10 to 12 wins for sure. I wouldn't read too far into you know anything that happened this preseason, whether it's like a game with the Texans or them not running plays. You know, it's preseason football. It is what it is. Um, what matters is when they step on the field in week one, and I think the Niners can have a really good year. 
Yeah, I want to transition to the AFC West. I know we have a lot of listeners in Vegas, so I wanted to ask about the other team that nobody is really paying attention to. Everyone's talking about the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. How about the Raiders? The Raiders made a couple big splashes. They got Chandler Jones. They got Devontae Adams, who was just ranked number seven in the NFL Top 100. I just want to see your thoughts on the Raiders because it seems like they're kind of going under the radar when they made some pretty good moves to bolster that defense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm big on the Raiders this year because I have in my in my, uh, my home fantasy football league I've got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, so if they're good, I'll be good. Um, but I, you know, the, the Raiders have always been a team where I feel like they're kind of right on right on the edge, right on that cusp of of being a perennial you know deep playoff team. But I, I'm very high on Derek Carr. I have been for a couple of years, and just he's always just been putting terrible situations always been a, a pretty good quarterback never been great but always been a good quarterback um and you throw Devonte adams into that mix um we haven't even talked about hunter renfro who you know there was just a clip of derwin james calling him one of the toughest receivers cover in the league uh, he kind of flies under the radar a little bit and you know their defense they have a solid defense as well i think that they do everything very well and they only did things this offseason to get better uh, Josh Jacobs is going to have another, you know, very solid year. I think it's a big year for him uh, in terms of, of, of his future. Uh, he's kind of uh, going through, you know, it's his year where it's not. He doesn't have enough years to figure out anymore, right? He's kind of got to put it all together and prove that he's, you know, a solid starting running back in this league, which I think he is. Um, but I think given the other weapons around him in that offense, it only gives him, you know, more room to perform on the field. Um, but I, I am very high on the Raiders. I think that they're probably the third best team in the in the division just because of how close the Chargers are uh, and the Chiefs, you know, if the Chiefs are the Chiefs, they're going to figure it out. I'm not as high on Denver, but I, I'm, I am very high on the Raiders. I think they're going to have a really solid year. Yeah, no, you you just brought up my uh, my next question, Jake. Um, speaking of on the cusp, let's talk Chargers football. Everyone is calling them overrated. Do you agree with this? Do I think the Chargers are overrated? No, yeah. I think the Chargers I think the Chargers are um, I've always been very high on Justin Herbert. I think he always shows that he's continuing to get better. Uh, you know, you had you had a guy like Khalil Mack on that defense. Um, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that the Chargers aren't going to be a top team in the AFC. Uh, they do they do everything very well as long as Brandon Staley decides that he wants to kick the field goals on fourth down and not not go for it on fourth and two from the seventeen. Um, then I think the Chargers are going to be really good. I think as long as they stay healthy. Um, you know, I have to Mike Williams have a really, really big year. Uh, he, he showed glimpses of it last year, and I think if he can put a full, you know, 17-game season together and stay healthy, which has, you know, always been his, his issue, if they can add a second uh, dynamic uh, receiver to that offense for him and Keenan Allen, it only opens up, you know, the offense that much more. I'm really, really excited to see, you know, what that offense does this year uh, with Herbert in his, what now, third year. I think they're going to be great. I don't think there's any reason. I mean, their, their schedule's tough. They're going to have to play, you know, the Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders six, six of their games, which would never help. But I think I think there's no reason, just like I said with the Raiders, um, to believe that they can't perform to the, to the highest of their, their potential this year. Yeah, Jake, I wanted to go back to the NFC West for a second. Grant here thinks that the Niners could win the NFC West. I think, even as a Niners fan, that the Rams will win the NFC West. What do you, what are your thoughts there? I know the Cardinals have some upside, although they choke always in the second half of the season. But like, what what are your thoughts here? You think the Rams get twelve wins? You think the Niners get 10, 11, 12? Like, what, what what's your thoughts? There? Yeah, 
I mean, I don't, I don't think the Cardinals are. I think it's a two, two team division. Honestly, at the top. I think at the end of the year, we'll be talking about the Niners and the Rams. The Rams schedule is really, really tough. Um, and, and it's all going to depend on how Stafford's elbow holds up. I know that this isn't necessarily a new issue um, with the, with this elbow injury that he's got going on that he's been playing through. I know he was dealing with it a little bit last year as well, um, but it's never something that you know you want to hear that your quarterback, your quarterback's elbow isn't isn't where exactly where it needs to be. Um, but I do think that it is the Rams' division to lose, regardless of how how tough their schedule is. I think that they need they're going to need a second guy to step up at that number two whether it's Allen Robinson, whether, you know, Dan Jefferson takes a jump in his third year. Um, but if they could do that, I think with a full season of Cam Akers, you know, I haven't even mentioned the defense yet, um, you know, one of the top defense in the league, obviously anchored by Eric Donald, adding Bobby Wagner is, is a huge addition. Um, so I do think that it is the Rams' division to lose. I think that their schedule is really tough, and if the Niners can come out of the gate, like I said, win those, win those first, you know, three out of the first four games, um, which I do think that they should do. You know, it's it, anyone, it's any, it's, it's any I, I just said the, the Rams division to lose, but it's really, it's really their division of the Niners division. It's just who, who can avoid making, you know, costly decisions, you know, in big games, which, you know, we saw it with the Rams last year. We talked about it. Stafford had two, three picks a game. The Rams still found a way to win those games. It's going to come down, you know, things like that, um, where other, other guys are, um, I I, I lost my train of thought. So it's just going to come down to these guys beating themselves. If the Rams can can, just play their football, I think it's their division. Yeah, Jake, I I wanted to go back to Jimmy G. I know you brought up that he's probably going to get released. They're going to have to release him, right, for the 53-man roster coming up this next week. Where does he go? Does he go to Seattle? Does he, you know, I don't know if Seattle actually wants to win. You know, that'd be, if they do, then they go after Jimmy. Or does he go to um, Cleveland? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so weird because Jimmy, everywhere Jimmy goes, he seems to win, right? Like, he, he, he doesn't have this, he's not, he's not the, the sexy quarterback per se. Um, in terms of what he could do on the field, he's a very good-looking man. I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> he is very good-looking. I think that's uh, it's underrated. Yeah, that's no, half the battle. Him, let's, let's give him his credit where his credit is due. Um, but I know I think he could fit in. I don't know what he what he necessarily wants. He's not going to win in Seattle. Um, although I think he would be a very good fit there. He could end up, you know, Tua doesn't pan out in Miami, but he's got to be on a roster before we want. Um, I think my best guess is probably Seattle. Um, because I feel like it's just the most clear need uh, for him there. Because right now they're working with what Tino Smith and Drew Locke. I think Jimmy's a clear upgrade um, from those guys, and he knows you know he be playing against that situation. He's been game plan for the Rams and the Cardinals forever now. So I think I think that makes a lot of sense if that's a route you know that he wants to take. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense. Jake, last question for you, and we got about 60 seconds left. Your thoughts on the beginning of the college football season? I think everyone here is excited about week one. I don't know what week zero means, but we're past week zero. We're on to week one. We're excited about the Trojans. You're probably excited about Wisconsin. Quick thoughts on the upcoming college football season. Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm very, very excited to get college football back. I think, you know, two teams at the top, Bama and Ohio State. I'd be very surprised if anyone other than those two teams won the national championship. But I'm, I'm just excited to get, you know, college sports back, uh, you know, college game day, uh, especially here in Madison, the game day atmosphere is incredible. We have our first game next weekend. Illinois State, which should be a, 
very, very easy uh, week one. If it's not, we have we have issues out here. Um, but I'm I'm very excited. You know, I think in terms of the Pac-12, I think USC is going to be great. I, I think UCLA is going to be really good. Um, you know, I think Texas is going to be good too. When those when those teams are good, it's good for college football. Uh, and I'm just really excited for, for the season to get underway. Exactly. There's nothing quite like college football, college football in the fall. You got the big game on Saturday, the NFL on Sunday. So, listen, finally things are back to the way that they should be. And, uh, Jake, happy to have you back on. Uh, we'll be doing this every week again, my friend. Thanks again. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.